Welcome to the Football Digest Extra Time. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for joining us. Manchester United v Liverpool postponed due to security breaches at Old Trafford. With an estimated 600 million strong global TV audience, the stage there for United fans to make their feelings clear on the Glazers' ownership at Old Trafford. Coming up, we'll get into the root cause of the protest, how significant it could prove to be and whether or not the Glazers will take note. Here with me to get into all of that, the Daily Mirror's Manchester football correspondent, David McDonnell, who was at Old Trafford. David, I hope you're well and, uh, well, what an experience that must have been being there. Yeah, Guy, it was an extraordinary day. Um, dramatic day, you know, chaotic. Um, and, and really, it, it was no great surprise, you know. I think I think the, the surprise to many of us was how easily the fans were able to breach the security cordon uh, and, and access Old Trafford, the stadium, and then obviously the pitch itself. I mean, we did stories about this on Saturday morning, you know, um, in, in the mirror, uh, saying that the fans behind the protest were planning to block the team buses, both team buses, Liverpool and Manchester United, from entering Old Trafford. So it's not as if United didn't have fair warning of of what was planned. And there was a lot of activity on social media calling on fans to meet uh, in Manchester City Centre uh, at the Lowry Hotel where uh, Manchester United are based before home games. Uh, so really the warning signs were there. And I think that, that will obviously form the the basis of the centre of the investigation going forward, that's obviously involving United, the Premier League, Greater Manchester Police, um, in terms of, you know, how did this happen? I mean, you know, Old Trafford is the most high-profile stadium in, in English football, one of, the, one of the most high-profile stadiums in the world. And, you know, really, uh, it should be a fortress in terms of security, particularly in the current climate with COVID. Um, uh, and that was breached. So I think there are many, many questions uh, to be answered. Um, but, yeah, it was depressing in the, t- in the sense of no one wants to see violent scenes but th- I think there's an acknowledgement as well um, and a bit of sympathy quite a lot of sympathy uh, in terms of the coverage of the cause of, of, of what's driven the Manchester United fans to act as they did yesterday Yeah, no, certainly and with what you sort of say there it's two weeks on now from the the failed European Super League plot and I suppose it is the continuation of that the fallout continuing of course United fans have been unhappy with the Glazers ownership for the 16 years they've been there but it has all been escalated from this I suppose really um, the ownership of the, the big six clubs really sort of taking the mickey out of their own supporters yeah, I think so, Guy. You're absolutely right. Um, this, as you say, 16 years the Glazers have been uh, have owned Manchester United. The the opposition to their ownership has has existed from day one. You know they've taken more than a billion pounds out of the club um, in terms of you know, dividend payments. I mean, I think the interest at the moment stands at 500 million. Um, the the sorry, sorry, the, sorry the, the debt stands at 500 million at the moment. I think the interest payments uh, since since the takeover are something like 850 million. I mean, it's closer to two billion. The money they've actually drained from the club for their own personal gain, uh, in terms of the leverage takeover. So, this this is not a new phenomenon. United fans have been you know protesting and demonstrating for years against against the Glazers. You had the green and gold campaign back in two thousand and ten, which gained a lot of traction. Um, and of course, you know they haven't won a trophy for four years. You know, Manchester United, you know, is the biggest club in world football. You know, the most successful club, but one of the most successful clubs in world football. Uh, they should be challenging for the Premier League, but the supporters have grown tired of of, of being ignored, of of seeing the, the 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 money drained from the club for the, for the Glazers' personal gain, and they've had enough. And I think, as you say, the European Super League has kind of reignited and re-energised that 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 movement, that anti-Glazer movement. But we've seen this with the, the protests at Chelsea, at Arsenal, 
you know, Liverpool fans are unhappy with you know, their club's involvement in, in the ESL. And I think fans collectively uh, have just had enough. Um, you know, they've had enough of being ignored. They want a greater say in how their clubs are run. And, and, and quite rightly, quite rightly, um, I think it's going to be difficult to get the German model of the, of the 50 plus one. I just don't think that um, is, is feasible at the moment. But you have seen in the last couple of weeks, you know, how direct fan action can have dramatic consequences and, and really provide an a enduring reminder that, that football is nothing without fans. There's a, there's a banner at Old Trafford that says that. I think it's a, a quote from Samuel Busby saying, football is nothing without fans. And it brings us to the question of, you know, why does football exist? Why do we play this game? You know, are, are football clubs there as a, as a profit-making machine for, for people like the Glazers? No, they're there for the fans. They're there as a spectacle for the fans. And I think that's been lost um, in recent years. And that's been lost um, with the, certainly with the ESL and um, lost with the influx of foreign owners to the Premier League who, who view football clubs as a mechanism by which to make money rather than to, um, you know, facilitate the fans and, and, and exist for the fans. And uh, I think we've seen that in, in the last few weeks. And, and, and speaking to those involved in the protests at, at the Manchester United end and those who were organising yesterday, this is just the start. You know, yesterday wasn't a a one-off and isolated incident. This is going to be part of a concerted and sustained campaign to oust the Glazers. Now, I think they're going to struggle with that because the Glazers have never cared for Manchester United fans. They've had no communication in the 16 years that they've that they've been in charge and, and control of the club. And I don't see that changing. But you have to say, as you said, Guy, you know, you, you have a, the most high-profile fixture in the English football calendar with a global TV audience of 600, 700 million you know, people all around the world were tuning in for that game and it didn't go ahead. So the actions of the fans have, have had the desired effect. They they got the game called off, um, you know, direct action, you know, did what it said it would, it, it would do. Um, and I think, yeah, as I say, this is going to be the start from, from fans in terms of that direct action. Yeah, it's a, a momentous moment as well, isn't it? First time ever a Premier League game has been postponed due to sort of fan unrest at this kind of uh, level. But I, don't, I know it's quite a deep point to make, but we've always had the warnings and heard the warnings that the Premier League bubble will burst. It will consume itself through the amount of money of in TV rights. It's gone up and up, but I don't think maybe people foresaw it maybe consuming itself like this. And maybe we are beginning to see that, that the greed in the end for these big six owners has become too much. The lure of the Super League was too much for them to not go for. And now that the fans are biting back and showing that they do have a voice. Yeah, they do have a voice, and you know that's as I said, as I said in the previous answer, that's that's been lost. You know, they've 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 not been heard, and they're fed up with it. They've had enough. I mean, you know, there, there are calls for independent, you know, regulators to be involved in football. There's a government-led inquiry that's that's planned. You know, I do think that that, that football has generated huge sums of money for everyone involved, for the players, for the managers, you know, for the owners. Let's let's not get away from that. You know, the the players have become vastly rich and multi-millionaires on the back of the TV money. Uh, that has been pumped into football, so you know, everyone has profited from from you know the uh, from from the Premier League expansion, from the from the sale of TV rights. You know, a lot of people have got very rich, and I think in that the fans have been ignored. You know, the fans you know, are the ones that that, that that go to games, that you know pay their season ticket money. They're the ones that that pay their Sky and BT subscriptions. You know, they're the ones that that they're, they're the consumers, and I think they're. They're fed up, but not having a voice and not being listened to. We saw that yesterday. We've seen that in recent weeks. You know, they they are not taking this anymore, and you know they have to be listened to. Um, ultimately, sell up. I don't think they will 
um, listen because it's making too much money for them. And you know, as I said earlier, they've, they've shown they don't care about the fans. The fans are not central to their concerns about running Old Trafford or running Manchester United. It's all about what they can get out of the club for their own personal gain, and that won't change. But you know, if more um, protests like yesterday um, go ahead and, and more disruption is caused. You know, it, it may ultimately force their hand, and it may ultimately force the football authorities to and the government to actually look at football and and take the steps that are necessary to get the reform that I think everybody wants to see. Everyone who loves the game wants to see. Yeah, no, definitely. In terms of yourself and your personal perspective on things unfolding yesterday, of course you were there, but we could all see plenty of what was happening with the TV cameras. But what was what was the experience actually like of being there, getting to the ground, and ultimately, I suppose not being there to, to cover a game as you thought you were going to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a pretty... Um, I think I think the organisers wanted it to be a peaceful protest. They wanted to make their voice, get, get their voice heard, get their message across uh, in a peaceful peaceful manner. But I think when you get thousands of people like that, you know, protesting, there's, there's a real sort of um, uh, air of menace in the air as well, you know, because they're, 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 the fans are very passionate about this. There's a lot of anger, you know, bottled up, pent-up anger. And also, you know, fans haven't been allowed into stadiums. We can't, we can't ignore the the backdrop to this. That you know, they've been shut out of the stadiums, you know, for obvious reasons for for the pandemic, for more than a year now. Uh, and these, these, you know, these are fans who are used to going to Old Trafford, you know, every home game. And yeah, it, it was a pretty febrile atmosphere. Um, we were actually around the back because that's where we accessed the stadium. So a lot of the sort of drama that was unfolding in the front, we weren't party to. But I drove past just after the um, uh, the fans had stormed Old Trafford. And there was a huge police presence around there. You could see the flares from from a long way away. You know, there were fans everywhere. Um, and when I came around to the, the the back of the stadium to try and get in, Gary Neville drove past. He was stopped at the um, at the gate. You know, protesters sort of surrounded his vehicle uh, before he was allowed in. And really, there was a queue of us waiting to get in. And once we were in, um, we felt we were able to go to the stadium. But then, of course, a second wave of fans managed to get into the stadium. So the stadium was on lockdown. So we were kept. Um, in a car park outside the stadium, uh, and really, you know, information was pretty scarce at that point. I mean, that was probably half past two, three o'clock. You know, an hour and a half before the scheduled kickoff time, uh, and still, I think it was till half past five. That was that was when the official confirmation came through that the game was called off. Um, but really, people kept in the dark, and there were some of the fans streaming past us who who'd been on the pitch, and they said it was quite illuminating. They said how easy it was to access the stadium. There's some suggestions, unconfirmed, I have to say, that, that uh, a door which is used by the away fans, an access gate, was left open. Uh, there were, um, let's say, more accommodating than they should have been in terms of letting the fans uh, you know, get, get through. Um, and I think, again, we said at the outset that, that you know, there was the, the police presence and the steward presence was woefully inadequate to deal with what, what they faced. So... Um, yeah, it was it was a strange strange atmosphere. You know, we've had it before under different circumstances. Of course, as you mentioned with the Bournemouth game at the end of the last game of the 2015-16 stadium, when of course the uh, the dummy bomb was found uh, uh, in, in one of the toilets at, uh, at Old Trafford, and that game was called off. But this um, just had, had a lot more. Um, this is more, I say, sinister because of the, the violence that, that ensued. But I think really you have to try and separate that from the message, you know, uh, and I believe that, that, you know, that the fans made their voice heard yesterday. Um, and I think that, as I said, in a lot of the coverage, there has been a lot of sympathy towards the fans uh, because we have to, we have to 
acknowledge why they were protesting. You know, this wasn't a, a mindless minority that, you know, of course, that there were those who got onto the pitch, but but this was rooted in a in a deep deep seated, long running, and ongoing battle with the owners of Manchester United. And you know, the the pitch invasion will take away from 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 that message, and people will see that. But you but you have to stay central to the message here, which was that the Manchester United fans want the Glazers out. They've they've they're, they're sick and tired of having the the, the money drained from the club and they are taking direct action to get their message um, heard. Yeah, definitely. I've got the, the Premier League statement here, actually. I'll just read a part of it, talking obviously about the, the game being suspend, uh, being postponed, sorry, saying the security and safety of everyone at Old Trafford remains the paramount of importance. We understand and respect the strength of feeling, but condemn all acts of violence, criminal damage, trespass, especially given the associated COVID-19 breaches. Fans have many channels by which to make their views known, but the actions of a minority seen today have no justification. We sympathise with the police and stewards who had to deal with a dangerous situation that have should have no place in football. And as you say, I, I suppose it comes back to that of the channels that fans do have. They, they've not been being listened to. Gary Neville, for one, on Sky Sports, I suppose in many ways has been emboldening supporters. And we have now seen this action. You mentioned before that you don't think the Glazers will probably be listening to this, but I wonder what level this will now see maybe fan activate. Act- activization sort of going forward now, whether we'll see more supporters from around the country sort of getting involved in these kind of protests. We saw Arsenal demonstrating before their game with Everton. Yeah, I think so. I think you will. I think, you know, football fans, they've tried the kind of route of passive resistance, um, you know, protesting peacefully, uh, particularly with, with regard to the club I cover, Manchester United. That hasn't worked. You know, again, we go back to the fact this has been a 16-year campaign um, there've been demonstrations. There've been campaigns. There's even been a Phoenix club in FC United of Manchester formed uh, in protest at the Glazers, which is doing really well at the moment. Um, so, you know, they've they've tried the kind of routes, and I, I understand what the Premier League is saying in that statement. And and you know, you can't condone the kind of violence that we saw and the, and the trespassing and, uh, and and the violent scenes. But equally, you know, football fans again, Manchester United fans have grown tired of not being listened to, and. What, what, what other options are left to them? What other routes are open to them? You know, they can they can protest peacefully, but that hasn't worked. So they're taking matters into their own hands. They they are breaking into the stadium to make their feelings known. And you have to say, they whether you agree with them or not, they achieved their stated aim. They got the game called off. You know, they were trying maximum disruption to get the game called off, and they achieved it. And the message has resonated around the world. People in you know all all corners of the globe tuning into that match. Manchester United fans, Liverpool fans weren't able to do so. Why? Because of the anti-Glazer movement. It, it, you know, they, they've done their job. Now, you can argue about the, the rights and wrongs of you know whether they should have accessed the stadium, whether they should have done this. And of course, there's a criminal element there, trespassing, uh, all those different um, uh, factors. But the central theme, and I keep coming back to it, you know, it shouldn't be ignored. The central theme should not be lost. The message should not be lost just because 200 or so fans decided it was a good idea to break into the stadium. Yeah, you mentioned that some of them as you said, unconfirmed, saying how easy it was to get onto the pitch. We kind of are awaiting the Premier League sanctions on the Super League Six, I suppose we can call them. But I suppose for this whole episode, Manchester United will probably find themselves in even deeper water now. Yeah, I mean, the Premier League were very reluctant yesterday to um, give any kind of guidance in terms of what sanctions they could impose on Manchester United. But as we understand it, one of the sanctions open to them is, is the docking of points, um, certainly financial um, 
penalties in the form of a fine is is another avenue open to them. Um, I mean, let, you know, let's not forget this. This was a serious breach of security, um, and you know that, as I said at the start of this conversation, that will form the basis of the investigation. How did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, particularly, um, you know, when stadiums are meant to be such secure units at the moment. I mean, Manchester United is is one of the, you know, I mean, I, I go between Manchester United and Manchester City. Um, certainly, Manchester United, the security of both, to be fair, is is very, very tight and very, very strict. But Manchester United, you have to go through several security checks. You have to show ID on at several checkpoints. You have two temperature checks there. You know, United, you have to fill in COVID declaration forms before. I mean, it's it's a very slick security operation at Manchester United, as it should be, and it is the case as well. I have to say, at City as well, but Manchester United in particular, it's really um, stringent the security there which is why so many of us are just absolutely aghast at how easy it was for them to get through, the fans to get through yesterday. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that, that United will face um, sanctions. I think they have to because the Premier League cannot allow this kind of those kind of scenes we saw yesterday to go unpunished. They simply can't. You know, Manchester United have a duty uh, to the Premier League, to their fans, to make sure that their ground is secure um, and for the safety and welfare of, of, of those at the ground as well. Um, their, their employees, the players, the staff, everybody, journalists. And they failed on that front. You have to say they failed uh, on that front. So I expect sanctions to be forthcoming to, to Manchester United. What they'll be, we, we don't know. I mean, as I said just then, you know, point deduction, fine. Um, those are um, potential um, uh, sanctions. But we have to wait and see what the outcome is and, and what the investigation brings. Yeah, we are Football Digest extra time. So normally here to pick through the bones of a, a match that was played. But let's try and talk about the football a bit before we do go, David. And I suppose yeah. there will be, in terms of talking about sanctions and maybe points deduction or whatever, I suppose there'll be no sort of way in which the Premier League will want this game to be forfeited by Manchester United, given that huge global TV audience and many ways how the broadcasters have been trying to survive themselves through the ordeal of the pandemic. But in terms of the match itself, for, for Manchester United, probably very little on it. They knew if they lost the, the, their near rivals and neighbours, Manchester City would be champions, which Liverpool don't want to be handing them the title either. But Liverpool very much, the other side involved in all of this, very much in need of this game being played to get the points to try and get themselves into the top four. Yeah, I think, I think the game itself, the points at stake, were, were, it's a bigger game for Liverpool than it is for Manchester United. I mean, United looked to have secured second spot they've got a, a decent sort of cushion advantage over over Leicester in third um it looks like they're going to be odds on you know to uh, certainly that they're, they're going to get top four but obviously Liverpool I think they're is it five six seven I can't seven remember. seven points seven, after seven, Chelsea's yeah. win yeah points after Chelsea won. so yeah I mean they need the points they need this game played um United obviously got one foot in the Europa League final uh, after that 6-2 win over Roma uh, in the semi-final. Obviously, they play the return leg this Thursday. So that's another route for them into the Champions League, although, as we say, top four is pretty much guaranteed for them. But scheduling the game, rescheduling the game, is a real problem. I think we were talking before we came on air about this. You know, in this truncated season, you know, you can't afford to be sort of postponing fixtures. And, of course, United play Leicester, I think, on the 12th of May. They play another game, is it against Villa, midweek on the 19th? I think Liverpool have got a game the weekend of the 15th and 16th. United have got the Europa League final, probably, um, you know, as long as they don't suffer a, a huge collapse against Roma on the 26th of May. It's difficult to see where this game can can be can be played. Um, I mean, potentially, I think we, we were saying before we came on air that they could perhaps move the Leicester, um, the Leicester game to the 20th of May and the Thursday, the 20th, 
Is that what it's Thursday the 13th? No, no, that's, yeah, I was going to say that's due at the moment for Wednesday the 12th. We were saying the 13th right. and maybe on the 11th of May try yeah. and play the, the game. Because I suppose playing devil's advocate as well, a few games have been rearranged, haven't they, by the Premier League to get every side to hopefully have fans in before the end of yeah. the season. I suppose yeah. the Premier League won't want that this game to be one of those in case supporters, even within the stadium, get their way onto the pitch. Well, that's yeah, that's that's another another element to this this whole situation that you you do wonder whether Manchester United fans, by their actions yesterday, have scuppered any hope of, of fans getting into Old Trafford before the end of this season. I, I don't think that's a risk they can afford to take. I think you're absolutely right, Guy. I think you know. Well, on the one hand, you you can sort of you know sympathise and you know uh, understand why they acted the way they did yesterday. And I think, as I said many times today, that I, I have a lot of sympathy for Manchester United fans because I see what they've gone through under the Glazer ownership. I see the way the club has suffered um, and the way they've suffered and the way they've not been listened to and the way they've been treated with disdain by the Glazers. In all, in all honesty, um, during that time, but equally, you know, they've been waiting so long to get back into the stadium. And the breaches, the security breaches yesterday, and the fans getting on the pitch and and, and you know uh, causing all the mayhem that, that we saw, I think that scuppered any hope of, of of fans getting back in at Old Trafford, um, which is a shame for those fans who were desperate to to go and watch the team, you know. And I'm sure those fans on the pitch are desperate to see the team. And again, it comes back to that whole cycle of you know frustration and anger and not being listened to. But equally, you know, decisions have to be made, and I I, I would fully expect. You know, fans to be shut out of Old Trafford for the rest of the season because I don't don't think that's a risk they can take, as you say, of, of further demonstrations and protests inside the ground. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll have to wait to see when the game is going to get rearranged. But getting through the issues there that came out of the match being postponed at Old Trafford on Sunday afternoon. But from myself, Guy Clark and David McDonald, thanks for joining us here on the Football Digest Extra Time. Until next time, it's bye for now.